from the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast, America and world. <laughs> Feeling good. Uh, my partner in crime, Sammy, is not here today. Uh, it's a somber note. There was a uh, she had uh, someone that passed away uh, that was close. So we definitely send the thoughts and prayers to Sammy and her crew. Uh, but it's going to be me today. <clears throat> it's going to be me today. We got a great show coming up. We got uh, Gary Owen. Gary Owen's here. Yes, Gary Owen is here. For those that don't know who Gary Owen is, uh, and I'm talking to the white people because all the black people know who Gary Owen is. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Gary Owen is a really uh, funny comedian. He's been in Think Like a Man 1 and 2. He's done a whole lot of stuff on TV, a lot of BET stuff. That's where I remember Gary from. But he's a white guy from Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Bunch of Tyler Perry stuff too, right? Bunch of Tyler Perry stuff, I, I guess. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. A bunch of Tyler Perry stuff, but Gary's a real, real funny dude, and we're looking forward to having him. But like I said, uh, riding solo today, so I'm just talk about what has been going on with me because I wasn't here. You were not here last week. Last week, I was in Birmingham, Alabama. I was at the Star Dome in Birmingham. Me and my homie Frank Del Pizzo. Y'all yeah. follow Frank on uh, Twitter. He's doing. Uh, uh, see less of Frank. It's called Goya. Get off your ass. Frank is uh, working out. He's been working out for like a hundred and some straight days, knocking the pounds off and, and getting himself together in terms of his, his health. So check him out. But yeah, it was me and Frank down there. Uh, we we had performances at the Stardome. It was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. What is the Stardome like? Because like you know, comics always put pictures. It looks like a pretty big. It's like a, a theater. It's a big. It's a big theater. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of one of those uh, places. What and you might know the name of them where you can eat and they have like the the medieval knights motif. Yeah. So like like the medieval knights place. It's almost yeah, like yeah, that yeah. where there's a bunch of. I can't think of the name of. Yeah, that it's place, almost yeah. like a, a a coliseum looking kind of setup, and everybody's eating and they got their food and it's kind of stacked up you know, up the amphitheater yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. And you perform, you got to perform low and perform high. You got to right. give everybody something because, you know, it's a big place. And one thing about those crowds, uh, they don't bullshit you. Mm. They don't bullshit you in Birmingham. If they like what you're doing, they're going to give it up. Yeah. If they don't like what you're doing, oh, they're going to tune out. And they're going to clown you a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I noticed that my performances down there had to kind of ramp up, you know, because maybe early on I was talking about stuff that just wasn't connecting necessarily. And I taped the shows with my phone from the back of the room. Uh-huh. So at one point during one of my shows, okay. during my set, you can hear a guy on my phone going, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> snoring on my taping. Oh, no. But then <clears throat> the crazy thing was, as the performance ramped up or started to connect more, you hear that same dude going crazy. Like, yo, this dude is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing, falling over. You hear all that. But at first, he was giving me the snores, man. Yeah. And he wasn't alone. And not everybody was feeling <laughs> yeah. what I was talking about. But it, like I said, I just started hitting on stuff that connected. And then that helped me kind of shave uh, 
mm-hmm. my uh, material a little bit, you know, to kind of reconfigure it so it's hitting, yeah. you know, from the beginning to the end, keeping their attention, not sacrificing what I want to talk about, but doing it in a way that connects yeah. a little better. So I was, you know, I was working with it, and it, you know, ended up being a really, really great weekend. Now the shows there are Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. These were they have Friday and Saturday they shows okay. too. I just wasn't yeah. on them. Okay. So yeah, it was cool, man. Really cool. Um, so that was that. And then, you know, aside from that, man, it's been the Olympics. That's the big thing right now. Aside from Trump, which is just this mm. cloud that kind of floats over it all. <laughs> but yeah, the Olympics, man, I'm, I'm excited. This is the Olympics might be the most patriotic I get. I get I get into some USA uh, during the Olympics. I, I love it, man. I get I get excited about that. Um some some and some of these athletes, Simone Biles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this girl is just rewriting. She she's the cheat code on gymnastics. <laughs> right. Like, remember yeah. when you'd be playing games back in the day, and you discover that little code that just broke the game wide open. Yep, yep. She's that. She's like the phone jailbreak for the Olympics. That is, she has because. And I was reading an article about it. It was saying that um, her her coach and her they just have this understanding of the point scheme and they're able to maximize the points that she, um, that are available to her. So the degree of difficulty is so high on some of this stuff. She's just able to beat people by point margins. You don't see. Yeah. And, um, I, I just, I'm enjoying it, man. And I'm getting to, to learn about the different sports. I, I kind of wish that they would cover women's gymnastics a little differently though. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, you know a lot of times it becomes about some of the backstories. NBC p- seems to put a focus on backstories and all that kind of stuff, <clears throat> and that stuff is cool. But I'd like to learn some of the specifics of the sport. Maybe they've decided that people aren't interested in that. But I, I mean, I would like to hear more about okay, what specifically? Because all I know is you flip through the air and make sure you stick the landing. Yeah, that's all. That's all I know. But let's talk about the more about legs being crossed in the air or if, if your right. toe does this or this kind of skill versus that kind of skill. You get that with football. You get that with baseball. You get that with bat. You get it with all the other sports. Why aren't they doing this with the Olympics? Yeah, I think I think there's two reasons. All the up-close stuff, I think, started when ABC had the rights to the Olympics in the 70s. They started doing all these you know, up-close and personal um, segments on the athletes. In the early '70s, and I think that just kind of caught on, and now you know we want to know more, you know, about these athletes. We want to know about Michael Phelps and his father and all that other stuff. Um, I think, as far as like you know, the dynamics of the sport, I think that they assume uh, because swimming and because you know gymnastics and track and field are really kind of the three big summer Olympic sports. They assume there's so much interest that everybody who's tuned in knows about it. And that's not necessarily the case. And I think that's, you know, a mistake of the network in that, in that, you know, the people covering gymnastics, the guys doing the play by play and the commentary, obviously they know every little nuance and, you know, what's the difference between a 9.8 and a 10 and, and, and sticking the landing and all that other stuff. But we don't, you know, necessarily know that we just know there's, you know, this young woman is flinging herself all over the, 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 the tarp, but we don't necessarily know why. Yeah. Um, why that score is, and that's kind of you know the fault of the network. You can't assume the audience knows anything. No, and I, I think too. In addition to that, because I was reading this article that said that 
uh, NBC and some of the networks had done demographic studies on who watches the Olympics. And apparently mm-hmm. the biggest uh, demographic is sort of uh, middle-aged white women. Yeah. yeah. So, and they've determined that though that demographic is more interested in the flowery stories mm-hmm. and not the, you know, the Gruden norm, I guess, of, of what they're doing, the nuts and bolts. Sure. So they, they cater to that audience, which is understandable in some ways. But I, I think in they underestimate mm-hmm. sometimes what people want to see and, and what they'd be interested in. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 you know, but, but again, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun, really fun to watch. And, you know, I kind of wish they would do this with the Olympics. You know how sometimes if there's a big boxing match coming up, they'll do a HBO 24 seven. Right. Or like hard knocks with the NFL. Hard knocks will have you thinking that the Cleveland Browns have a chance at winning the damn championship. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was watching the Houston Texans last year on hard knocks and JJ Watt throwing around tires and shit. And after about four episodes, I'm like. They might be able to win the championship. <laughs> I'm not sure the Texas can't win the championship. It's just so well produced. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't they do that for the Olympics? Give us like a hard knocks 24-7 type of production for the athletes we're sending over there. Yeah. It might, you know, maybe they don't want to spend the money. I don't know. But I would love that kind of treatment. And then once we get to the competitions, you know, spend a little more time with the nuts and bolts and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the you know, mm-hmm. the technicalities involved. Uh, but anyway, that not only have the Olympics been amazing, like I said, the athletes have been amazing, and Usain Bolt, don't even get me started on him. Uh, this guy is like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, and I saw this debate on Twitter about who is the greatest Olympic athlete, uh, Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps. Man. That's, and, that's, yeah. I, and I understand arguments on both sides because Phelps has gotten a gold medal in so many different damn events. I don't know if there's – aside from synchronized swimming and diving, <laughs> this dude has won gold in right. everything. So some people will say, well, there you go, more medals, more whatever. Now, with Usain Bolt, listen, as of last night, this dude has won the 200 and 100-meter three Olympics in a row. That's 12 years. That Come on now. It's 12 years of, of – yeah, yeah. Right. That's – well, eight years because you do the first one. Well, yeah. Then 4 years is All the right. second one yeah, and then. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but 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 still. But a long time. Yeah. 8 years is a long ass yeah. time to be the fastest man on earth. Yeah. I was the fastest dude in my class in middle school for half of one year. <laughs> and then this kid David Strom like went right past me. That was it. I had one half a year. This dude's been the fastest man on earth for 8 years. Like I don't think people understand how ridiculous that is. And I will say this for the Usain Bolt side. I don't know what the the numbers are, but I would imagine maybe half of the world can't swim. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure, right? Whether right. because they don't have access to pools right. or because in some cases there's been a history of not having access to pools and <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> black folks in America. Yeah. But uh you know, so there's been there's been but for a different reasons. There's only so Michael Phelps is competing against maybe half of the world. Right, right. Everybody can run. Yeah. Everybody can run, right? Uh, you know, like, everybody has access to uh, a surface. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, everybody can run. So, Usain Bolt is just the fastest dude on the globe, and the talent pool he's competing against is the globe. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, that that says something. And the 100 meters the, is the premier event. Of the mm-hmm. Olympics. That's the biggest event. And the dude's been the best at it for three Olympics in a row. Not only is he the best at it, 
this dude is stunting on him the last 50 meters. I mean, this dude is styling and profiling. I'm talking about Ric Flair, Deion Sanders-esque styling and profiling. I wrote on Twitter, I said at one point, this dude's going to whip out a smartphone and watch himself finishing the race the last 50 meters. I can see Usain Bolt watching himself finishing the race in the last 50 meters. It's coming. He's, he, he, this guy is – I don't know how you beat the fastest men in the world to the point where you're taking photos the last 20 meters. Yeah, yeah. That I, and you see the pictures of the other guys, and they are running like their families are being held hostage. <laughs> and Usain Bolt is looking over the camera like, what's up? Like, he's just yeah. chilling. He. It's amazing, man. I don't know how you that much better than the best. Yeah. So, you know, Usain Bolt's been ridiculous. Um, it's just been an amazing Olympics, man. I love, you know, I just love the spirit of that competition. And and there's some things I that have bothered me too. Uh, but like with Gabby Douglas, I was reading right. this article on some of what she's been through uh, this Olympics, and man, I they somebody snapped a picture of her. Uh, with her hands down by her waist or just kind of holding her hands in front of her during the uh, the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. And, man, like, some folks on social media was just ripping this girl, trying to rip this girl's reputation to shreds. Yeah. I mean, you know, I saw grown men talking about F that bitch and all this, about a 19-year-old girl. Yeah. You yeah, know? Uh, but, oh, you they should put her off the Olympic team, make her find her own way back to the country this shit right I, I just could not believe now mind you this girl's been across the globe representing this country proudly mm-hmm. kicking ass all over the world in the name of the united states right. for four years now yeah right? right four years out there proudly representing her country and y'all gonna reduce everything she's done to a, a 10 second photo yeah no i think that's a a very small again it it's it's you know under the microscope of the internet it becomes a bigger deal mm. it's not it's it's just not she was standing there quietly reverently listening you know having her moment but listening yeah. to the national anthem she was she was it, it's fine everybody just fucking relaxes i'm ser- i'm serious <laughs> and then now now people talked about that like that was such an embarrassment for america no no the embarrassment to america <laughs> has happened the past couple of days with ryan Lochte, okay? Uh, That's been the embarrassment to America. So, okay, for those that have not been, you know, on this planet, <laughs> or, or for those that haven't kept up with the story, this cat Ryan Lochte, he's a swimmer. He came over with his hair silver, which is uh, so appropriate because he's been coming in second <laughs> forever. That was the per- either silver or bronze. That was the perfect color for his hair. But anyway, Ryan Lochte uh, and a couple of swimmers, uh, came out with this story. I was reading it, and there was this story that the swimmers had been held up at gunpoint, and somebody had stolen uh, money from them or something else, and then Ryan Lochte was so heroic because he said they pointed the gun at him, and they said, get on the ground. And Ryan Lochte said, I've done nothing wrong. I'm not getting on the ground for you. Right. So he didn't get on the ground. And then it was this heroic story and they wanted the uh, Rio to apologize. And the, the, the Olympic committee was was standing behind them somewhat and all this and all that. And say, oh, the heroic Ryan Lochte and the swimmers. I, I feel so sorry that these guys had to endure this. Right. And then uh, <laughs> about a day later, yeah. all of a sudden we start hearing little things about all of a sudden two of the swimmers got pulled off the plane. 
trying to come back. He said, whoa, why are they, why they pulling the boys off the plane? And all of a sudden, a video surfaces. And on the video, you see uh, some of the swimmers getting into it with security uh, at, a, at a store they were at and fighting them. And then it comes out that they done tore up the damn bathroom and everything else. So now what it's looking like is, and first of all, Ryan Lochte got on the plane and came back home. Left the yeah, other two dudes bail. over there. Yeah. So if you ever planning on doing some shit, don't bring Ryan Lochte. Because this dude will sell you out and bounce. Like, Ryan Lochte is, he didn't even stay over there. He got home. The other two guys got pulled off the plane. Anyway, turns out that these dudes went in there. I don't know whether they were drunk, high, or what was going on. But they tore up the bathroom at the store. Tore that the hell up. And then got into it with a fight at security, with security when they tried to confront him. And apparently... After they did all this however many dollars worth of damage, the dudes pulled guns on them and said, yo, you're not leaving. So apparently that's what happened. And they took that, the swimmers took that and tried to make it a thing about they got robbed and uh, put on the ground. So in other words, these dudes were uh, full of shit and tried to come out and, you know, say that they got robbed because they had been doing some shit they weren't supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now Brian Lochte has issued this whack ass statement. Right. This whack ass statement about, oh, uh, I I didn't handle things properly and I want to apologize to everyone. But, you know, I had a gun in my face and didn't react. Just just stop. Ryan. Yeah. Just get in the pool and stay there. Just stay there. Don't even just just back float the rest of your life. We don't. We unbelievable. And then my thing was. Folks were so angry. Some of these folks section was so angry about how Gabby Douglas's hands made America look. Are they concerned about how the hell Ryan Locke? Because that's the true embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. That's the embarrassment. It confirms all the things that some people say about America. We go places and we think we can do whatever the hell we want to do. We think we can occupy countries. They occupied the damn bathroom. <laughs> they occupied the bathroom, tore it the hell up, and then tried to leave. You know, some of the stuff we do in countries. Tear shit up yeah, and then try yeah. to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so they represented everything negative about us but people want to holler about gabby douglas i haven't heard that same outcry what they say about ryan lochte them oh well you know the guys are putts boys being boys what a douchebag now i just have this question if 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 the same people saying that close your eyes and don't picture three swimmers picture three guys from the u.s men's basketball team yeah yeah picture demarcus cousins uh deandre jordan and jimmy butler all of a sudden put them in the same scenario and tell me that it's just this innocent boys will be boys narrative or all of a sudden do they become thugs? Mm -hmm. Because that's in my mind for a lot of people, that's where I think it will go. And if that's the case with you, you need to do some damn reflection. Okay. And, and make progress. There are times where you can do some introspection. And this is one of those times. If it wouldn't be the same for you, no matter who it was, you need to check yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to check yourself. So, no, I'm not willing to sit back and just go. No, I well, actually, I am willing to sit back and go. Ryan Lochte is just a dumbass, yeah. I, you know, because no one was hurt or anything else. But he needs to take his ass back over there and answer for that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see no Twitter statement. I want to see your ass on a plane yeah. back over there to deal with the mess you created. Yeah. It's just an embarrassment to this country. So, Gabby Douglas, I'm proud of you. Ryan Lochte, you're a damn embarrassment. Do we have my sound? Uh, hold, please. <laughs> okay, so this I wasn't ready. Yeah, I need a button. I need. How can we get me a button that that makes the sound? Cost a couple hundred bucks. 
So, okay, I'll continue pointing at you to see uh, when uh, when to make the sound. But it would have been the Price is Right loser game show sound. Ryan Lochte. And then I screwed it up. Yeah, sorry. We'll do it one more time. Uh, Gabby Douglas, girl, we proud of you. We proud of all the ways you've represented this country. And Ryan Lochte. Just a damn mess. Anyway, I've talked enough in segment one here. I'll, uh, I'll fix that post. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, well, we got Gary Owen coming in, so let's go ahead and get to the interview with him, and we'll see y'all after that. Hey guys, here's a quick look at uh, some of the shows coming up in the Comedy Zone in the near future. Gary Owen is here. Uh, left. Two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night, Saturday night, August 19th, August 20th, 2016. If you're listening to the show on either of those two days, get your tickets quickly. Shows are selling out. I'll tell you where to get tickets in just a few minutes. Other shows coming up at the Comedy Zone. Theo Vaughn will be here next weekend, the last weekend in August. Also, other shows coming up very soon. Big Jay Okerson, Sinbad coming up, Steve Ranazisi, Bobby Collins, all kinds of great shows coming up at the Comedy Zone here in Charlotte, North Carolina. For details and more information, a couple ways that uh, you can keep track of this stuff, call the box office at 980-321-4702, 980-321-4702. Check out the Comedy Zone website, cltcomedyzone.com, cltcomedyzone.com. That's where you can buy tickets and check out the feature shows. You can follow the Comedy Zone on social media at Comedy Zone CLT on Twitter and Instagram. Catch up with them on Snapchat. And also, of course, on Facebook, look for Comedy Zone CLT. Great shows coming up at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. International Podcast Day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. First, head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Second, use hashtag podcast day to join in the conversation. Remember September 30th. Now, let's start the conversation. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone podcast. <laughs> we got some heavy metal for you this morning. Appreciate that, Brian. Uh, so, Gary, I, Gary Owen is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for getting my name right. Yeah. Oh, people, you say Owens. Yeah. 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 No, it's Gary. Gary Owen, man. Happy to have you here. Thank you. How you How you uh, enjoying Charlotte? You been here before? I've been here a lot. This is the first time I've been to the Comedy Zone. Usually, I'm doing like Ovens Auditorium. Was it Bojangles now? Bojangles Auditorium. Yeah. Yeah. That's been. I think that's the only place I played in Charlotte. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a theater drop, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. He said, "You usually it's the big giant theaters, but you know." Yeah, I like that. I like the you gonna let the rest. Out. You gonna let the rest of us see you. We yeah, appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> well, uh, I I was very interested to talk to you because I've read about you. I've listened to a number of interviews that you've done, and you have a really really interesting story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's most comics do, but you have talked before about your childhood and how maybe some of this came from that. Yeah, uh, difficult upbringing. Yeah, uh, stepfather, some stepfather issues. Use of stepfather. Yeah, yeah, you and you've been pretty open about that. So how would you say that that kind of was so, some of the basis for your career? My, I think it can go two ways. When you're raised in a abusive household, you can either buy into it or you can make that decision where I'm going to prove you wrong. My whole focus in life was to prove him wrong. 
So every time somebody offered me drugs, I said no. Every time I would think about decisions, like literally I'd think about my stepfather and be like, nah, I'm yeah. not going to do that. He's not going to get one on me. Right. I'm my whole, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be successful, but I knew whatever field I chose, I wasn't going to have to go back and need his help for wow. whatever reason. You wow. know what I mean? And that, so that led to all this. To stand up and to, to be a, 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 a big Big black stand-up, so to speak. You know, I'm a white dude. <laughs> yeah. That really gets under his skin, oh, for which real? is even better. <laughs> I didn't think about that part. That kind of yeah, gets yeah, to yeah, him yeah, a little yeah. bit, too. But I, I, I did an article for BuzzFeed.com uh, a, a little over a year ago, and, uh, and one of my best friends from high school said it. He said, They said, why do you think he gravitated to black comedy? He said they were the first group that accepted him and, and for who he was. And, mm. and, you know, like, show me love, so to speak. He goes, so he never left that group. Yeah. You know what I mean? He stayed with them because that's the first time I had really gotten it. You know right. what I mean? Uh, other than my upbringing. So I was like, you know, I was able to yeah. stick that out, so to speak. That's Some people want to cross over. I was like, I, I just, I have no, I don't know what that means. Like, to cross over, I'm like, I just got to be me and hopefully everyone gets gets wind of it. Right. But I'm not going to leave that that section of society that was was with me from the beginning right and i kind of i kind of i'm kind of annoyed by the way they phrase that anyway because it's like you'll have a comic like yourself and it's like oh well if he starts you know doing white audiences or majority white audiences he's crossing over into the mainstream yeah but they never tell comics that do predominantly white audiences that they need to cross over to black audience. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like all like white audience is the standard and everybody's trying yeah, to get to that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't I don't even like the way that's phrased. Like you have a fan base that loves you, period. Right. And if other people catch on to that, then they catch on to that. Yeah. I, I mean I so and that's one of the things I appreciate about you because I you know, I'm a comic myself. Mm. And I meet a lot of white comics that if they do a predominantly black room, they talk like they went to Vietnam. Like, oh, man, yeah I, yeah, I did a black room, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give me a purple Like the star. one black friend. Yeah, like like you get a cookie for that. Yeah, like, yeah. like I do predominantly white rooms half the time. I don't look for, you know, somebody to throw a party over that. Like, yeah. people love to laugh, and they love good comedy, and that's period. That's what right. you're doing. Yeah, it's, but it's also, it's like, it's who's been exposed to me, me being on BET so much. That's been, that's been what, when people say crossing over, I think that's what they mean. For me, they're like the you haven't been on the mainstream network, so to speak, mm. like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. That hasn't been where you've seen me. Yeah, that's when people come up to be like, "I've never heard of you." I said, "Ah, if you ain't got cable, <laughs> you probably haven't." Heck, <laughs> yeah, you used to do Comic View, and yeah. So that, how did you get exposed to that audience? How did that become your base? Well, when I started doing stand-up in San Diego, I was in the military, and the only place I knew to go up was the comedy store in La Jolla. And I could, I'd be lucky to give up, get up like a couple times a month on open mic nights on Sundays. But I had some black guys that I was in the Navy with, and they was like, yo, you can go here, 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 all the black rooms. And I was like, oh. So I just started hitting all the, the hood spots, so to speak, because I could get on stage. And yeah. I just... then. Then a couple of rap groups would come in. They'd be like, we need a host. And I'd be like, this dude's funny. And they'd bring me to host. And it just kind of blossomed from there. Was there a nervousness in the in the beginning, not only being a new stand-up, but uh, with people that don't look like you? Yeah, uh, well, it, I mean, regardless, when you start, you're going to be nervous. Right. Regardless. I mean, it's it's like skydiving, I said. I, I've never been afraid of heights, but the only time I ever skydived, once I, I, I looked out that plane, I'm like, oh, this is about to happen, for real. I was like, I'm really going to jump. You're really high up. 
And then it's like that with stand-up. You first come on stage, you're like, I know I'm funny. My boys think I'm funny and everything else. And then you you walk on that stage and nobody knows you. And they're looking at you. You're like, oh. And if that first joke don't hit, <laughs> man, that's a long five minutes. So it happened to me long. the first time. I was like, oh, my God. Is it, is it really? 2.30? 2.45? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So you, so that you, I, I noticed with a lot of your comedy too, man. You talk about uh, different aspects of Black culture, whether it's church, mm-hmm. whether it's barbecues, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So you have to be doing that stuff in real life to talk about it. Well, I mean, with my wife being black, that's just obvious. It's no right. different than like when I hear like a, a Jewish guy say he married a Catholic girl. He goes a religious route. Mm-hmm. I just go the culture route. Yeah. I wouldn't say a racial route. It's a culture route. You know. Mm-hmm. What I mean? Plus, my wife's from Oakland. You know what I mean? So that's that's a whole other demographic. That's, I didn't marry no black girl from Mississippi or Alabama who stays home and, and cooks and, you know, really, you know, does that southern hospitality, makes lemonade every Saturday for the family. My wife, she's a go-getter, man. She be out. You know what I mean? She's trying to get hers. Like, screw you. I'm trying to get my own piece. So she's always been supportive of your career and – that's all we know. When I met her, I was a stand-up. So we don't know any other way of life. You know what I mean? Because she said, I said, I was often curious, like, why did you not, I don't want to say choose me. Why, how, how did you fall for me? What, when did you know, like, I was a dude? She said, um, being in L.A., she met a lot of guys that always had angles. Like, I'm, I'm doing this, 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 and this, and this. When I met you, you was like, I'm a stand-up. Period. And I had two, I still to this day, I have two general ed classes to get my bachelor's. And I said, I'll never get it. Because when I met her, she goes, why don't you just go finish? It's like a it's like a math class and like some English class, language arts type class. And I go, I'll never get it. I said, because if I get it, it's telling myself I have a plan B and I have something to fall back on. And wow. I told her, I said, this is it. I was yeah. like, I'm going to stand up. She goes, what else you got going on? I said, nothing. I'm just going to tell jokes. And that was my, she goes, I just never met a guy who didn't blink and just looked at me with an S10 pickup cracking the windshield. You know what I mean? Like my, I, I picked her up in a bucket. I was like, then I remember the first time we went out. She's like, you want a valet? I said, like, I can't afford that. I can't afford a valet. I was like, nah, I can't. We got park. She was like, I just never, my, never, never met anybody in LA so honest yeah. and would had a focus like I'm gonna be a stand up. Either get on this train, we're gonna be broke together, or maybe it'll work out. Yeah. So what gave you that belief in it? Like how, you just knew that that's what you wanted to do, yeah. or you just yeah. believed that you would get to a certain place. I just knew I knew I know I'm funny. That's all I knew. Even high school playing sports, coach would be like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Ah, I ain't gonna be no pro football player, coach. I'm gonna tell jokes." You know what I mean? Our coach would get so mad us during locker room speeches. Guys getting fired up. I'm still making faces, cracking jokes. Right. right. Even with the other team, like I'll never forget. I moonwalked. I sacked the quarterback my freshman year of high school and moonwalked back to the huddle. Good oh, <laughs> stop. So you've been clowning like that's right <laughs> from that's, jump. That's good. So you and you've also now your career has not only been stand up. I mean, you've done movies, the, the Think Like a Man franchise, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It, what aspects of that do you like uh, as opposed to stand up? Like, are there different things you like about acting that you know? Well, I, it all goes back to stand up. Stand up's the I would say the heart of it all because mm-hmm. even the movies, I think it just helps my stand up fan base. Mm. So every time I get a movie or get on a TV show, my thing is, ooh, it's really going to help build uh, more fans. You know what I mean? Even with I got the TV show coming out in October, yeah. Uh, you know, the TV show's great. And, and I'm just thinking, okay, 
more people are gonna see me, which means I'll sell more tickets, which means I can do more stand up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you 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 almost seem like and tell me if I'm wrong, but you seem to have one of them personalities. Like I've heard Quest Love from the Roots talk about this, where it's like I'm always hungry and it's always like this could all go away. So it just keeps me pushing. Like yeah. I never get comfortable. No. You don't seem comfortable. Like even now you're talking about I'm not gonna get my degree. Cause some people look at you and go, look, you made it, bro. Like go ahead and finish the thing if you want to. No. But you like, no, I never want a plan B. Like that, you seem always hungry. Well, I've been broke, uh, growing up broke, and then being in the military, you don't make a lot of money, but that's hard work. Yeah. So th- none of this to me is like when I hear comments go, we out here grinding. I'm like, nah, nah, you're just telling jokes. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> nah, them dude, dudes in Iraq, they grinding. That's grinding. You know what I right. mean? <laughs> There's some ghettos in Poland, they grinding. We just get up and tell jokes. Right. You know? my, the hardest part of my day is waking up, and which it really is to catch a flight. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an easy life. You know what I mean? That's an easy life. Right. I nope. mean, you do have to work at your craft, but I wouldn't. I, I don't dread it. That that'd be the worst life to me to hate going to work. Mm. That would be awful to hate your job, but knowing you have to do it to pay the bills. I would mm. hate that. I would yeah. hate it. Yeah, I live that. That's because <laughs> I'm a lawyer during the day. Yeah, but comedy is what I love. So yeah. it's like I sit there during the day, just waiting to get to the night and get waiting to the to get weekend. Stand up. Yeah. Hit the clubs. Right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something like motivational to say. Nah, nah it man, ain't done. You got to like being a lawyer. Yeah, I'm like this. Hey, man. Hey, I've been there. I've so, been there. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Good luck to you. I was in the Navy. I was there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but that's eventually I know I'll be full time. And, you know, when that happens, it happens. But you can no, be no, your own I lawyer, though. That. That's a good thing. You get a contract. And you can negotiate yourself. That's true. That's true. That that part will help. I've done that before. I, when you? I first started doing stand up, I would call clubs as my manager and uh, fake name, everything. Oh, you would go. With the, mm-hmm. the I would always use my stepdad's name. Yeah. Almost like a F you to him. You know what wow. I mean? Wow. Right. I'm, I'm, you never had a job, so I'm giving you a job. Wow. <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? Wow. <laughs> well, what's your, I mean, do y'all talk now at all uh-uh. or just totally? I don't talk to my mom or him. Wow. He won't allow it. He won't allow it. He, you know what? He's like a cult leader of one. He's got my mom under his spell. Wow. You know what I mean? So he's a, he's, he's an evil dude. Like he's an evil dude. Did you have any siblings or? Uh-huh. I one one brother passed away last year oh, of a sorry, heroin man. overdose. And then my other brother, we don't really, I don't really have a relationship with any, anybody on that side of the family. It's like I'm penalized for making it, so to speak. Wow. They would rather me struggle and, but they're, for making it, I'm, I'm a jerk and all this other stuff. Right. But my, now my real dad's side, now that, that's a great relationship. We have a good relationship and my sisters are cool. We're cool. But my mom and stepdad, that's, it's just darkness. Yeah. His darkness. I think that's what led to my brother going to heroin. Wow. He had nowhere to wait to go. I had jokes. I had an outlet. That I don't outlet. think he had an outlet. So wow. he went to drugs. Wow. So comedy, in some ways, I don't want to say it saved you, but it was a big time release for you. Well, it's definitely my drug. My drug of choice. Once you get them laughs, as, as you know, there's right. no other high like it. None. I mean, sex is close. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's second. It's, it's close. I can't go too long without sex, and I can't go too long without comedy. You know what I mean? I have withdrawals when it comes to both. Now, I can not do comedy for a month and still get on stage for an hour. If I don't have sex for a month, uh, that's a commercial break. You backed up. Yeah, you backed up. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Well, uh, you know, I know you got to get out of here, but I wanted to, because um, a lot of comics listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. 
And I just want to know if you had any, I don't know, advice or just things that helped you along the way or a mindset that helped you that maybe somebody listening could say, okay. Well, I this is what I always say. I always um, I always say don't the, the big laughs doesn't always mean much. I think more you once you start opening up your life and telling your story on stage, history shows those are the comics that end up taking off and making it. You know what I mean? When you get on stage and be like, "Oh, fellas, who like are we allowed to cuss?" Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. fellas, who likes getting their dick sucked? You know, <laughs> right. yeah, we all do. You know what I mean? Right. Ladies, who likes getting their pussy? <laughs> They all do. I mean, that's like comedy one on one. But when you start getting to the point where your audience grows with you and you can really start opening your life, that's the comics that really start to grow and take off. I've noticed that over time. That's mm-hmm. why that's why Kevin took off. That's why Richard Pryor took off. That's why Eddie Murphy took off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always say it. And don't always try to be the the loud mouth, the funniest guy in the room when there's a room full of comics. Because I learned early First big show I went to was Bernie Mac in 1997, <sighs> and I got to go backstage, and he had a little meet-and-greet thing, and I saw Chris Rock walking, I saw Jerry Seinfeld walking, I saw Sid and all the King's Comedy walking back there. And I literally sat in a corner and sat down. There was a, a little um, bowl of M&Ms, mm-hmm. and I was just eating M&Ms out the bowl, just watching everybody. And I saw some other comics come in and start to be loud and kind of obnoxious, but they were trying to get Bernie's attention, but they, you know, it was, work, it was backfiring. Bernie started to slowly kick people out uh, subtly. He would grab his security guard, and I'd see him make eye contact with somebody, and then that person would be gone, and then that person would be gone. The security guard would take him out. And then he made eye contact with me. He didn't know who I was. And I was like, oh, snap, he's going to kick me out. So I started putting the M&Ms back in the bowl. I was like, are these Bernie's M&Ms? <laughs> I thought I did something wrong. But he made out and let me stay. And I was like, right then, I'm a young guy. like, oh, just shut up. Right. If, he, if he's the big star in the room, let him be the star. Right. Back up a little bit. You right. know what I mean? Jamie Foxx told me a story about that, too. He said uh, when he first got on In Living Color, every time they would go out, Tommy Davidson was the big gun. Yeah. And Tommy would be like, yo, this Jamie's new on the show. And girls be like, anyways, okay, Tommy. <laughs> and Jamie's like, I just played my role back then. You know right. what I mean? Took be a back who you seat. you are. Yeah, like. You know what I mean? Don't feel the need to do that. Yeah. Well, man, much continued success. We appreciate you coming through, man. Thanks. I didn't want to do this, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you did, too. I'm not lying. They said the last <laughs> was the podcast. Like, man, I'm going to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> and thank you for keeping it real. Yeah, well, I like I like having people that that know your story. Yeah, I hate getting on and be like, "So Gary, um, <sighs> what, what can, okay, have you had barbecue at yeah, Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, no. What can people expect when you're on stage? Are you funny? Nah, 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 <laughs> nah. I'm a, I'm a comedy nerd, man. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with it's good. you. Good, thank you. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, we'll be back. Thanks again, Gary. Yeah. Next, next. Uh, when we come back, it's not gonna be as good as this part. <laughs> Probably not. Podcast going downhill from here. <laughs> hey guys, you can keep up with Gary Owen on Twitter at Gary Owen Comedy. That's G A R E Y O N O W E N Comedy C O M E D Y at Gary Owen Comedy. His Snapchat and Instagram is at Gary Owen Comedy as well. Keep up with his dates and details at GaryOwen.com. As for the crew, Will Jacobs is at I am Will Jacobs on Twitter. Also, uh, Comedian Will Jacobs on Facebook. Follow Sammy Joe Francis at Sammy on Air. I'm at NC, NC Balto 72 if you want. And, of course, you can keep up with the podcast itself at the CZ Podcast on Twitter. Send us a line. Ask us a question. Uh, if you know who's coming up for our guests, which we try to keep you uh, up to date with, you can ask them a question through our Twitter address as well, at the CZ Podcast. The podcast itself available, of course, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on Google Play Music. 
on iTunes especially. Subscribe to us. Leave a review. It's the best way to help the show continue to grow. And while you're at it, go ahead and ask, uh, ask two friends about us. Even better, tell two friends about us. It's the best way to help us continue to grow, continue to do what we do, and, and uh, continue to bring all these cool interviews with the headlining comics each week at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We do appreciate it. Tell two friends. Welcome back to the Comedy Zone Podcast. You know why we played that? Because it's football season coming, baby. We got football on the horizon. It's off in the distance. We can kind of see it. We've been in this non-football desert now for months. And we're crawling, and the dust and the sand is hitting us in the face. And off in the horizon, what's that? It's it's the shield. And it's, and it's Julio Jones making amazing plays and Roger Goodell fucking up. You know football is coming. That's right. We here. We here. We can cut that now, Brian. We can cut that now. I was waiting for it to build. Oh, yeah. It don't, it don't build no more than that. That was on the descent, that part. But, uh, yeah, we here, y'all. Football season is here upon us. Fantasy season is even closer. I got my first fantasy draft on Tuesday. For those that don't know what fantasy football is, um, I feel bad for you. Or you're better off, one of the two. Yeah, it's one of those two. <laughs> Some days I feel like you're just better off, right? Some days it's horrible. But fantasy football is a game where you have all the players and different statistics uh, equate to a point system, and whoever you go against your buddies and whoever has the most points that week wins. So a touchdown is worth this yeah. much, a this is worth that much. It's uh, it's Dungeons and Dragons for sports fans. Is that what it is? I've never played Dungeons is, and yeah. Dragons. Yeah, okay, like it's kind of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I was too busy dating. I, I didn't have any. Uh, <laughs> women liked me, so I didn't. I didn't have any familiarity with Dungeons. And- nah, I'm kidding. But is that how it works? That's Dungeons and Dragons. That's kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so for my folks, yeah, that's how that works. I'm excited, man. I got my draft coming up. I know where every single player should be drafted. If you want fantasy advice, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook, Comedian Will Jacobs. I will answer your fantasy questions. I, I And I'll do it for free, but just this week. <laughs> Only this week. Any, any Anything after that's going to cost you. But this week, Comedian Will Jacobs will answer your fantasy football questions. I will do that for the people because I care about my audience. So your, your fantasy football strategy? My fantasy football strategy is I look for uh, – I go. I, I'm kind of going heavy wide receiver these days. Uh, we've seen a shift in the way football is played, mm-hmm. where running backs are continuing to be kind of phased out in terms of importance. It used to be with fantasy football, the first person you draft is Adrian Peterson. You yeah. get you a yeah. running back. But now, you know, teams are more pass happy. A lot of teams are running West Coast offenses, and if they do have running back schemes, it's running back by committee. There's two or three guys that are toting the rock. Uh, so I find myself in more of my drafts going wide receiver a little early. Uh, but if everybody's doing that, I might, you know, snatch me up some running back value early on. So it, it can go either way. I kind of play the draft. I let the draft come to me. I don't walk into the draft saying I have to have this set of guys. I walk in and let the draft come to me. It's the same way I used to approach the club. I didn't come in and say I want that chick and that chick. I wait till it closed and let them come to me. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's late in the night. Options are limited. Mm-hmm. All the guys with money have gone. 
They left. They went back to that condo. But I'm here. I'm here. So I let the club come to me. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's exactly how <laughs> I approach. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm a happily married man. I don't even think about those days. Now, with football, I've also reached a place of peace. I, I have. I'm. I'm. I'm in a. I'm in my nirvana. Right. I'm all namaste right now because I've accepted the fact that the Eagles are terrible. I don't have any delusions of grandeur. I don't sit back and think that we're going to win a championship. I know we're not. I know we're going to stink. So before y'all come with this, how many rings you got? I don't want to hear this shit. Okay. I know we stink. I don't need it. We have a great defense and our offense sucks ass. Okay. I know it. So I don't need to hear that from anybody. So when I come to the season, understanding that, I don't have my hopes up. I know we ain't going to be shit. So I can sit back and enjoy the games and think about draft picks and who we can get early on. Well, we don't have a first-round draft pick this year because we traded off for a kid from North Dakota, uh, Carson Wentz, who uh, I hadn't heard of before this year, but I digress. Uh, We traded that for him so I can sit back and hope we get better position in the other rounds. So that's where I'm at with that, but I'm excited for the football season. I'm ready to get it started. I think everybody feels that way except Tom Brady because he's got to take the first month off. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady going to be home for four weeks. He's going to be home with Giselle Bunchen, so, you know, shed no tears for that guy. <laughs> but he's going to be home watching the football games for the first four weeks. So if you're at a certain place in your fantasy draft and Tommy Terrific is there, if you see Tommy there around the seventh, eighth round, that's a value because you can plug any because a lot of yeah. guys have weak ass schedules to start the season. Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, Ryan Tannehill. You can get about five or six different quarterbacks to get you through the first four weeks, and then you go ahead and plug in Tommy Terrific because New England's offense is going to be a problem. This Martellus Bennett pickup was big. They got two <laughs> monster tight ends. They haven't had a tight end that great since uh. The- since the murderer, since Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. I don't even like saying his name. I don't know where his people are at. But uh, since since A.H., they ain't had a great receiver since Ah, that since him, since him. Well, a pair of great. I mean, Gronk's pretty good. Gronk's pretty damn good. Yeah. Gronk's so, pretty damn yeah. good. But, yeah, they haven't had a pair of guys right, yeah. since, Gronk, yeah. since it was Gronk and A.H. But now they got Gronk and Martellus Bennett, who's a stud as a tight end. Uh, so maybe you might want to check out Martellus Bennett in your drafts. If something happens to Gronk, all of a sudden Martellus Bennett is a top seven tight end off the jump. We also they still got Julian Edelman. They got this electric agility, uh, full of agility cat, uh, Deion Lewis. They got uh man. They brought in Chris Hogan from Buffalo. New, New England is going to be stacked. So they got a tough schedule, but Tommy's going to have that thing humming. Tommy terrific is going to have that thing humming. So maybe you want to look for. Uh, Tom Brady in your drafts. They might win the AFC. We might be looking at another New England. Uh, I haven't released my Super Bowl prediction yet, so people have to wait for that. Okay. But we might have another AFC New England championship. It's kind of I don't know who threatens that. Who else in the AFC? Yeah. I'm I'm looking Pittsburgh, around the I, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and, I, and they, Pittsburgh's got my man who loves to get high. Uh, my the running back Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. He's yeah. gonna be out. Uh, what's the name? Martavis Bryant, another guy loves to get high. He's out for the year. So we'll see if Sammy Copes can come in and, and step in for him. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. They Cincinnati just always screws Cincinnati. So, you know, at some point in the year, Cincinnati's like the Donald Trump of the NFL. They're going to do something to short-circuit their own shit. 
we know Cincinnati, so we know them. We know what they are. Uh, then who I, I yeah, man. Denver, not with Mark oh, Sanchez as a quarterback. Let me tell you something. Unless about, they ride their defense. Let me tell you something about Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez has never met a big moment he couldn't ruin. Okay? <laughs> I've seen him do it with the Jets. We all saw the butt fumble. Butt fumble. I watched uh, his tenure with the Philadelphia Eagles, which was one two-year-long butt fumble. And then now he's with uh, Denver. And I'm telling you, he's going to be the reason because they have all the pieces to repeat as champions. Mm-hmm. Mark Sanchez – John Elway has been phenomenal as a GM. He fucked this quarterback. He screwed this quarterback thing up. He screwed this. I think he thought he was going to be able to get Brock Osweiler, who isn't that good in my opinion anyway. But he thought he was going to get him, and all of a sudden that didn't work out. So you stuck with Trevor Simeon and Mark Sanchez. Nah, man. You better off letting Von Miller play quarterback. (laughs) It's it's not going to be good. So that defense will have to be maybe even better than it was last year. I, I mean, you could say, yeah, Peyton Manning was terrible, so it's hard to get much worse. Mark Sanchez can do worse. I'm telling you. Peyton, Peyton Manning might have had a pop gun arm, right? His arm might have been shot. But Mark Mark Sanchez will throw an interception before the coin toss, okay? <laughs> Mark Sanchez, I'm telling you, I've seen this movie. It's ugly. John Elway may have screwed his own team out of repeating. I mean, there was Josh McCown out there. Ryan Fitzpatrick was a free agent. None of those guys are that great. They're all better than Mark Sanchez. I was available. Nobody rang my phone. It's true. Nobody rang my phone. I could have played quarterback. Mark Sanchez. Oof, Sanchez. Good Lord. That's huh, that's going to be bad. So, anyway, I got I got New England. And then, but, man, the NFC. Now you got some teams over there. Carolina, the Panthers. Yep. We're going to see. Josh Norman left. We're going to see what kind of effect that has. Uh, who else we got? We got, uh, oh, Arizona. Oof. Yeah, Arizona's going to be tough. I can't point to a real weakness that Arizona has. They're great on defense, and that offense is lights out. That running back, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, John Brown. Man, I and Carson Palmer's a stud. That team's going to be good. Palmer's health is critical. He's got to stay healthy. But if he because they have me at backup, I'm actually on. They call me if they need me. I'm on contract with them. So, but uh, they have somebody like me at backup. But if Palmer stays healthy, man, that team, they might be my pick for the NFC. But you got to stay tuned because I don't know if they're going to be my pick. Well, I can't wait for that. <laughs> I know. For your America pick. is waiting they're, with they're, bated. They're on the edge of their seats to hear. Yeah. So anyway, my first, uh, my first draft is coming up, and it's actually. A pretty cool league. It's a league full of Indian dudes. And the best man at my wedding was uh, an Indian cat I went to law school with. And he was in this league, but he's kind of not playing as much anymore. He's one of them dudes that, you know, he he get with a girl and he just. Everything know, else. Oh, yeah. that's he just. Oh, you know, I'm kind of reevaluating things, man. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of reevaluating life. You know, things that used to be important to me. It really, he just he just pussy whipped. Yeah, that's all it is. He he, he whipped. Yeah, because you can do both. You can do both. You can have a significant other and still like things, dude. I'm doing both. <laughs> exactly. You can still right. You can have a thank you. You can have a significant other and still like things. Yes, it is possible. I know that some of you suckers out there, you don't think it is, but it is possible. You can do both things. I've had a a, a successful, um, very healthy marriage and an addiction to fantasy football. Now, my wife on some days would disagree. But I would say on a good 65% of days, my wife would agree that I'm doing a good job as a husband. And I'm all about that fantasy football life. So, anyway, 
uh, he's in that league and I am going to be playing as him. So everybody thinks it's him, <laughs> but it's really me. Mm-hmm. I'm paying the fee. I'm managing the team, but they all think it's him in the league. That's how much I love fantasy football. I'm in leagues as other people. So if if he wins, I get the money. You're not splitting it with him? Because hell no. Hell hell no. Does he know that this is happening? Oh, he knows. Okay. He knows because cause I'm paying the fee. Yeah. I, I'm paying the whole fee. So the only thing he is is a portal for me to get into the league. He's a mule. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> he's a fantasy mule. <laughs> Shove it up his ass and send it to get the product in there. That's right. I'm up his ass. And he's bringing me in. He's a fantasy fantasy mule. mule. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, He's a fantasy mule, so I'm using him to get into it. He's like a big-ass Indian Trojan horse. I'm getting getting him through the line, hiding inside of him, and then back out like Leo with that horse and revenant. I'm going to bust out of there and say, I'm here. Give me my money. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm doing that with that league. But the other leagues, I, I'm not, I'm not using a, 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 a fantasy mule. The other leagues, I'm, <laughs> you're, you're I'm coming in as myself, portraying yourself. I'm portraying, portraying myself. So I'm excited, man. Y'all can tell I love football. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. So send any, any football related content, questions, advice. You want to talk some shit? I'm open to that. Uh, I am Will Jacobs, Twitter and Instagram, comedian Will Jacobs on Facebook, and the co-host Sammy. Sammy, you know, feature reporter for the Panthers. She knows I mean, she, she's <laughs> she done. Knows her football. Yeah. yeah, she knows her football. So you know, we're going to be talking a lot about it. So I hope y'all, you know, hope y'all like that. And if you don't, well, hey man, <laughs> shit, you know, life don't always go the <laughs> way you want it. But it, we're going to have some fun content. Can we talk about your punter? All right. So okay, here's the deal with this dude. Uh, <laughs> okay. This dude, Caleb Sturgis, is uh, a field goal kicker for the Eagles. I thought it was a punter. No, no, he's not the punter. Oh, okay. All he right, got right. hit in the head. The punter got hit in the head. No, no. The field goal kicker got hit in the uh, head. Oh, okay. He's not the punter. I don't know. He's not the punter. Okay. He's one of the field goal kickers. He does kickoffs and, and field goals. And he was out there during practice, and he got a concussion. And if you're wondering how our kicker got a concussion, which should serve as uh, foreshadowing, uh, it'll serve as a microcosm for our season and in some ways our franchise <laughs> is he got hit in the head by a kick from our punter during warm-ups. So he was out there stretching his leg or doing whatever kickers do. I, I, I'm assuming having a beer. I, I don't know what kickers do to get ready. Yeah, it it, it bears mentioning this was pregame warm-ups. It's pregame warm-ups. This is the least amount of contact and the least physical activity these guys will do all week. Yeah. Is the pregame warm-up. Yeah. So you haven't heard of many cases of kickers suffering from CTE? <laughs> no, no, because they rarely get in there. <laughs> but this cat might be the first because he's he's got his first concussion yeah. because he got hit in the head by a punt. Was not wearing his helmet. Apparently. Was not, was not yeah. wearing his helmet because he's a kicker. And he's like, why would I need why, to? Why would I need it? It's pregame. Now, the only question I have about this kick was, did it hit him on the descent or the ascent? Because on the ascent, if he's just standing there, 
and then he got kicked as that ball's yeah. – then that's I get. You can kind of see that. But then that means that the punter don't like him because you see him standing in front of you. Why would you kick it into the He, he was targeted. Yeah. He was targeted. <laughs> this, he was targeted. Yeah, they – they yeah, he was targeted. They harambeed his ass. They harambeed him if, it got, if, if he got hit on the ascent. But on the descent, he might have been standing around going, man, I'm going to be kicked. Pop! And then all of a sudden he's out for the game. So we got another kicker, Cody Parkey, who we dra- who the Eagles drafted a couple of years ago. And I think they want him to win the competition. He was really good when he was playing. But then he tore his groin. Tore his groin, which sounds disgusting. Yeah, I don't know if I could not... ever come back to football. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything that tore my groin again. And if it was walking, then give me a wheelchair. I'm not walking anymore. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna tear I'm not gonna go back to anything that could tear my groin. But anyway, his groin got torn and he was out, but now he's back trying to get his spot back. So this concussion might have cost Caleb Sturgis a job. It's a Tanya Harding thing. It's he Sounds got like Jeff Galuli. He got Galuli. <laughs> he, he got this damn. Hold on. Uh, well, hell, Cody Parkey might have hired, might have slid that punter some money to kick my man in the head. I don't know, but I've never heard of somebody getting a concussion from getting hit in the head with a football. Pam Oliver, sideline reporter for Fox, got right. a concussion one time. But that's because somebody had thrown a pass. Yeah, that was, yeah. But this was like, <clears throat> and he's out. Yeah. We'll see what the uh, investigation yeah. reveals. You know, and I, and I hope, you know, I wish him a speedy recovery, but it has no impact on our season because we were going to suck ass. Yeah. Uh, no matter how you sliced. It's that. a dark place, isn't it? I'm a Lions fan, <sighs> as you know. It's a dark place going into a season knowing that you have zero chance of accomplishing anything. Really. Yeah, y'all don't have a chance. No, zero chance. There are two, maybe three teams in your division that are better than you. We, I know the Vikings and the Packers are better than you. Yeah, and the the, the, the Bears. Bears are, I don't know. That defense is Yeah. But Marvin Jones, I like Marvin Jones. Fantasy tip. Marvin Jones, if you're in your fantasy draft and Marvin Jones is there around the 8th, ninth, 10th round, we've heard reports out of Detroit that he and Golden Tate are going to be the 1 and 1A of that offense. It's a heavy passing offense, plenty of targets to go around. Don't be scared off by Anquan Bolden coming into the fold. I think he's going to take more touches away from Golden Tate and Eric Ebron than he is Marvin Jones. So Marvin Jones is a steal, could be a high-end wide receiver 3, maybe a low-end 2 that you get in the ninth or 10th rounds in some of these drafts. Drafts. So keep an eye out for Marvin Jones. He's a cheap producer. I, g- <laughs> I can tell you I won't be taking him because he plays in the NFC North. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Explain to the audience what okay. this, this goofy-ass rule is that you got. I'm a football fan first. Okay. So, one, I'm a football fan. And two, when I play, I'm a fantasy participant. Okay. So I can't under <laughs> – I know that if I choose any Detroit Lions, they're going to let me down. We know this. Because they're going to do it anyway. So I'm not going to have them on my fantasy team. You just won't have them. I just won't. But what about the rest of the division? The rest of the division, I can't imagine myself ever wanting Aaron Rodgers to do well. Or Jake Cutler to do well. Or or Teddy Bridgewater to do well. Or Adrian Peterson to do well. And I realize, other than Cutler, I'm mentioning some of the best players in the NFL. Yeah. But... But I cannot imagine wanting anyone wearing green and gold or kind of dark blue and orange or whatever the hell it is the Bears wear or uh, purple yeah. to do well. Yeah. I can't do it. 
I cannot do it. So I have a very strict no NFC North policy. Now, what is your Twitter handle, bro? NCBalto72. So if you're looking for uh, a sucker to come into your league and spend <laughs> spend an entry fee yeah. that uh, you can get some wins off of, hit up Brian at his Twitter address because that is a losing strategy, my friend. There are plenty of other perfectly serviceable players in the NFL. It ain't that damn many. I, I do not have to. I just I can't do that. I can't. I can't want. You know I can't. <sighs> Brian, look. What if Aaron Rodgers is playing the Lions? Then and you, I got Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback. Then you want, how am I supposed to feel? You want to win fifty four to forty seven. You want Aaron Rodgers to throw four touchdowns but still lose. <laughs> he's gonna throw four touchdowns. <laughs> right, he's gonna do it anyway. You might as well make money. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. Oh man, come on, man! It's 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 an investment. You don't have to root. Set it and forget it. <laughs> like the infomercials, <laughs> just set it and forget it. I can't. I can't see myself doing. It. All right. I well, we go, we we gonna work on Brian over the year. I, we might. We might. Might be able to turn him. We'll see. We'll see. Because fantasy football is just too much fun to be. Well, I guess you could still play and not draft anyone from that division. But man, that's like running with one shoe on. Oof. I agree. It's it's a challenge. When I play, I play about every other year. Yeah. And I. I would agree with you. Come draft day, it's a bit of a challenge because Eric got you know you have the number one pick and everyone thinks you're going to take Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, you're like, I'll take you know to Philip Rivers. <laughs> I'll take pooping a shoe with the seventh pick. Well, anyway, uh, we're looking forward to football season. I'm uh, thinking Sammy will be back next week. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sammy will be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We had a great time with Gary Owen. Um, really fun episode. We got to talk about a lot of stuff: the Olympics, football, all the stuff that's going on now. So, yeah, I will mention um, if you're listening to the show uh, Friday or Saturday, the 19th or 20th of August, the Gary Owen shows are very nearly sold out here in Charlotte. So, if you have an interest in going, and there's still a show in in the future as you're listening, uh, go ahead and contact the uh, Comedy Zone here in Charlotte. Get your tickets for Gary Owen because they're going fast. All right, y'all. Well, we'll catch y'all next week. Peace out. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 